Uh, good morning. Good to be with family this morning. Whew. A couple things I just want to remind you of is that this Friday is our Activate, which is our prophetic training. So you don't want to miss that. You can register online or just show up that night. And it is a great time to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord, how to speak the voice of the Lord to people. It's, it is so much fun. You guys seem very distracted this morning. Which is good. You were just talking to each other. I know, we're, we're a little schizophrenic around here. We tell you to talk to each other and then two minutes later say, stop talking. I know, it's our own fault. But yeah, you don't want to miss this Friday, 7 o'clock. And then also tonight, we have a special service tonight at 5 o'clock with Michael. You don't want to miss it. It'll be right in here, 5 o'clock tonight. All right. Are you guys ready? Have you come ready? Good, because I get to introduce my friend this morning. And we also have Patrick with us, which... Just an amazing man. Love Patrick. You know, sometimes we just invite Michael so Patrick can come. <laughs> uh-huh. But we appreciate you so much, Patrick, and your ministry here. And bless you and your family. But we get to have the privilege of having Michael with us. He's family. He's become family to us. My, be- my favorite times with him is sitting around the table, eating, talking stories, and things that you don't get to hear about, and I'm so thankful that I get to hear it, because he is an amazing, amazing man. He's a prophet, but what I think I, I realized yesterday, why I so appreciate him so much, is that most prophets, val- their highest value is to hear God and the voice of God for other people or for other nations or other cities. But Michael's priority is to love Jesus. And I so appreciate that. That is his top priority. So would you stand and help welcome our friend, Michael Dalton. Are you glad to be in the house of God? Are you glad to be on the winning side? When you were born again, you weren't just given another life. You were given a new life. And so many times we're trying to trade old for better. But he didn't give you a better life. He gave you a new life. Your old life died. I know that's so simple, but... Even though you're nodding, you didn't understand what I said. (laughs) Most of us don't because we're still trying to trade. I'm trading my sorrows. Why are you trading? Bury them. What happened this morning in the beauty of God's presence was we tasted resurrection. 
That's what happens when we get lost in worship. You're tasting resurrection. For the Holy Spirit has been given to you as a down payment of that which is to come. So that you would know you already have access and permission to the heavenly realm. So that all that is in heaven is accessible by you now. So the life you have in God is as good as you choose it to be. Or you can be as miserable as you decide. Oh, I choose a good life. I choose to know him. In the fellowship of his sufferings and in the beauty of his glory. I choose to serve him. That wherever he would lead me, however he takes me there, it is right for me. I choose to say yes. And whatever that yes would bring into my life, I value whatever it looks like. And whether it's good days where we are celebrated or days where we are hated by all men, the yes brings it all. Don't change your yes because you didn't like the journey. Don't stop your worship because you don't enjoy the bumps in the road. He is worthy of it all. And he is good in spite of what's happening around us. So would you just take a moment and look at somebody and say, he's good to me. And now with the same level of joy, tell them, and he's good to you. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's better than we know. He's good. I'm I'm trying to behave because what I want to do is act like a crazy man this morning. (laughs) Because I'm telling you, I feel something pushing me. I feel the Holy Ghost. So, (laughs) first of all, I absolutely love being with you all. You know, I told Ryan, I said, you're making me cry. Stop making me cry. uh, But I call you friend. You are my friend. I adore you. I adore your dear wife. I adore your children. I love just being in your home and being with y'all. Y'all are real. It's who you are. And just being around you. Plus, you're someone I love because I know I can get in trouble with you. (laughs) We're we're sitting there talking during service, and I'm like, I got to stop because I'm about to say something I'm going to get in trouble for. <laughs> I absolutely love you, my friend. And, and I thank God, you know, Pastor Dave and Deb, you just don't know how many times I thank God for y'all's life. It's a beautiful example to many of us of how steadfast faith and a life of worship will bring you into destiny. And so I just thank the Lord for But it's just beautiful being with y'all. And the leadership team you have here is just phenomenal people of God. And, uh, you know, first of all, I'm just starting to figure out, I just need to hang out with y'all. Because the more we talk, I feel like the more people we know. (laughs) Just out of revival. And so I thank God for y'all. It's just beautiful what God is doing. But, okay, I want to stop calling people's names because some of y'all are going to look and go, you didn't call mine. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk about something just for a minute. And I want you to grab a hold of this. Something the Lord said to me a couple of years ago, and it changed my very perspective in life. 
Moses makes a statement when he's talking to Pharaoh, and he says something that we don't often look at, but it's part of understanding who we are in God and where we are in the kingdom. We often use the language and say that God has made us for dominion. He's given us authority. He's called us to conquer, to reign. But we don't always correlate what that's for. And so there's a reason that God gave you supernatural life. The transfer of life that you've received from heaven is not just so that you can say a word here or there or every now and then see a miracle or sign or a wonder or you can become the engine of change on your job or with your family. He gave you a transfer of life because God needs a door into the earth. So wherever God is moving, God looks for a door. So men and women who say yes to God become doors. You become the place of activation. You become the vehicle of transfer. You become God's bridge from earth to heaven. Jesus was the preeminent door, and that's why he said, I am the door. I am the way, the truth, the life. So he makes it clear that heaven can only transfer into earth through him. Before Jesus came, the revelation we had through all of the priests and the prophets was God was showing us that if he wanted to invade the earth, he needed a priest or a prophet. He needed a doorway. But the key to the door was a sacrifice. See, if you had a priest and a prophet, but nobody brought a sacrifice, then it was illegal for the priest or prophet to release something to you. We don't talk about this often, but the amazing thing about the Old Testament, it is, it is clear, God says in the book of Malachi, he says, the reason... And we misquoted this for years. You are cursed with a curse. And so whenever we talk about the tithe, some folks, I don't want to talk about tithe. Okay. Misunderstanding of a thing does not negate the power of a thing. So for years, people thought tomatoes were poisonous. Know your history. Now, we put ketchup on everything. I fill a bowl with ketchup and get three fries, and I eat until my ketchup is gone. I just need ketchup with some fries. Now, I love ketchup with my eggs. I tell you, my plate in the morning looks like a scene from CSI. It's just, oh, let me tell you, we need chalk around the plate. Just, what happened here? Don't ask me no questions. Just give me more ketchup. And my father used to say to me, are you addicted to ketchup? I said, I'm not addicted to anything, but some things I enjoy with great authority. So, <laughs> butter pecan is not the name of my future wife. But until I get a wife, butter pecan is going to stay in my house. And so, you got your joy, I got mine. Now, what you discovered, <laughs> some of them don't know what to do right now. They're like, I, I don't understand. I don't go. I just pray for them. Just pray for them. Now, what we don't always understand is misunderstanding of a thing does not negate the power of a thing. So tomatoes we've discovered over years have wonderful properties for health. But at one time, they thought it was poisonous. Misunderstanding does not negate the power. 
There was at one time, we thought that some fish, they always thought this fish was poisonous. Certain shellfish we never touch. But now we've understood that if they are grown in the right environment, I love certain shellfish. What are we saying? We're saying understanding of a thing gives you access to the good it can produce. In the kingdom, what has kept us from walking in supernatural power, freedom, and potential is that we were taught by people who did not understand the principles of heaven. So people gave us religious interpretation of a kingdom truth. So some people told us how free they were in God, and then we saw their lives crumble into sin and shame. And we went, okay, maybe it doesn't work for them. Then we extrapolated that if it didn't work for the people we made heroes, maybe it doesn't really work for anybody. So we began to back away from the thought that we could live in a supernatural flow with God and access the power of the kingdom and produce life-changing results because we made heroes higher than the word. But their misunderstanding of a truth does not negate the power of it. So now God is calling us in this hour to cease from hero worship. And to become adorers of the king. For in the face of the master, there is a transference of life. For you are not changed into what you hear, but you are changed into what you behold. So now what happens in the midst of worship is these kingdom principles and power that we have heard are activated when we behold. So you've heard the truth for years, but it's not until in the moment of an encounter with God that everything you heard suddenly comes alive in you. It's that kiss from heaven. It's that brush with the Almighty. It's when the breath of God flows across your life and suddenly you are shifted from understanding to manifestation. And you become what you have Heard, you become what you behold, so you cannot become it till you behold it. This is why oftentimes we do not recognize that the entire reason Jesus is visiting us is more than just to give you deeper ministry. I need another touch from God so I can see more people healed. He's not touching you so you can heal more people. He's not touching you so you can have more Facebook friends. He's not touching you so you can show on Instagram how many people you gave a prophetic word to. The touch of God is coming upon your life because he desires your relationship with him so deeply that every time he touches your life, he is shifting your thinking and breaking yokes and removing fears and causing religion to flee so that he can get his children back face to face. He said, I desire nothing more than to wake you up so that you never look anywhere but in my presence again. 
to cause you to dream at night and see heaven open and glory dripping down the walls of your house until his voice echoes in the chambers of your brain and you cannot think like you used to think to begin to breathe life into you until your heart begins to thump with the rhythm of heaven and you begin to move in a power that the world cannot stop until you begin to wake up singing songs that angels have never heard and speaking prayers that demons are afraid of. There is a transfer of power that you cannot have unless you get face to face. And so he woos us. The first thing God will do to bring you face to face is woo you. So say, to, look at somebody and say, woo. <laughs> He's wooing you. Now, when God begins to woo you, woo means God is inviting you to intimacy. So he's wooing you. He's wooing you. The best way to think of someone wooing you is the fragrance of fresh bread. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Ah, we got some eaters in the house this morning. We got some eaters. That's what I'm talking about. Now, I, I don't believe in being superficial. I, I celebrate God. God's got somebody for everybody. But let me tell some of y'all folks who are ugly. You don't have to be pretty to catch nobody. I know some of y'all mad right now. Look, I didn't point at nobody. I'm telling you what my daddy told me when I was little. He said, I'm going to teach you how to cook. He said, because you might not turn out as handsome as the rest of the kids. He said, but if you know how to make a meal she likes, she'll stay. He said, so I'm going to help you in case God don't fix this. I thank God for honest parents. So I learned to cook. Let me tell you something. I can cook a meal that it just makes somebody stop. I'm like, what? What? You don't look like Denzel, but I'll be fat the rest of my life if I stay with you. <laughs> so woo. <laughs> Some of y'all are going, I didn't expect this for church this morning. I don't, I don't know what to do. It's okay to laugh in the house of God. It's good. Now, the reason we associate that is because the smell of the priesthood is the smell of bread. Because the sacrifice, the killing of the animals was really only a few times per year. But they had to have fresh bread all the time. So the smell of the priest is the smell of bread. Ooh. Is there bread in my house? So the first thing that you know if you're working in real estate is either let a house smell like bread or cookies. If there's baked goods in an atmosphere, people feel connected.
So God says, I'm wooing you. So the first way I woo you is I keep bread in my house. So what does bread look like? Bread is the revelation of the word of God. So God says, the first way that I catch your attention is I let you suddenly learn something about me you didn't know before. So when most of us first got born again, what caught us or kept us going deeper with God was these first revelations we had. I didn't know God was as good as he is. I didn't know he was so kind. I didn't know he was so merciful. You suddenly have your sins forgiven and you wake up and go, he's my father. And I didn't know he was my father. And you don't realize the fatherhood of God was the first smell of bread that your spirit had. And it brought you into the house. Then you smelled healing and it brought you to the presence. Then you smelled intimacy and it kept you at the altar. Then you smelled heaven in the room and it made you search for him. Every time you smelled the fragrance of him, it brought you deeper. The wooing is how God draws us. As God draws us in, if you lose sensitivity to the fragrance of his priesthood, he has to get you back to him by letting worship become your escape instead of your intimate place. Mm -hmm. If worship in the beginning is the place of intimacy for you, but you grow into the place where your heart begins to get cold or hard, or you get so busy with the things of life that you forget to stay intimate with him, then the Lord says, because I adore you and I love you, I'm going to draw you back to me. But since intimacy has gone quiet in your spirit, I will give you a need to worship me. So if you didn't run to me, I'll let something chase you to me. So the Lord says, I can woo you or I can let the world weary you. Oh, this is good teaching. So the first thing he does is he'll woo. He says, I don't want you to just come to me because you're weary. I don't want you to come to me because there's problems on the job. I don't want you to just come to me because your children are acting crazy or there's problems in your marriage. I don't want you to just come to me because the doctor keeps giving you a bad report. I want you to come to me because you remember the first kiss of heaven at salvation. Because you remember the smell of my fatherhood. Because you remember the touch of my mercy. Because you remember the kindness of my grace. I want you to stay in the joy of knowing this is not a burdensome thing, but you and I are together in the glory of my presence, and I bought your soul from hell so that you can carry the power of heaven. But when the world gets too loud in our ears, and we begin to take his beauty for granted, He's not upset nor angry. He doesn't judge you and throw you away. He says, I know what they need. 
I'll just let all the stuff they think is more precious than me weary them. I'll let you buy all the stuff you wanted. And then once you get deep in debt with all the stuff you wanted, you'll finally return and say, Papa, I need you to help me with all this debt. And he doesn't judge you and beat up on you and say, you shouldn't have used that credit card them 37 times, even though you knew it was a 27% interest. I mean, really? You don't need God to tell you that's dumb. If you don't have a calculator, use an abacus. I mean, you can. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> use somebody else's toes to count. Once you get past zero, 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 stop buying stuff. <laughs> I don't know how I got here. I can tell you. Sometimes our hearts get so lonely and you wanted friendships And you forgot that he's your best friend. And so we began to let people abuse us and misuse us because of the fear of loneliness. And because we never let him heal us of rejection. But in that first few weeks when you met him in that glorious place of intimacy, he became your father and you were his child. And you stopped thinking about all the people that had done you wrong. And then over time. You got around enough people who were still complaining while they worshiped and still arguing while they prayed that you thought that was normal. And so you backed away from the place where you were holding him because you looked and said, maybe it's normal to be wounded. And so we began to trade the wholeness we received in that first encounter. For the wounded shell of who we used to be. Because we see so many people explaining their trauma with great language. And ignoring his cross with great skill. Because if you really met him, something in you should have changed. So if you ease back to who you used to be, it took a lot of energy. To work yourself back into a dead man. You have to leap past the resurrection. Leap past the blood and tell the Holy Ghost to be silent. To really take your old life back that easily. It takes a lot of friends convincing us to leave intimacy. And then we stay away from him long enough that it becomes normal to be dry. We stay dry so long we don't even know we're dry. Because the man with a cup full of water looks like a giant if everybody around him only has a thimble. But when you bump into a woman who lives by a well, you realize, I don't really have much. Because she's drawing out buckets every day. Who you run with will determine your perception of your spiritual life. So, the Bible says, I'm going to give you a scripture and then we'll be done. (laughs) 
I don't want to talk too long. You know, lunch is coming. We got lunch coming. We got lunch. One should never preach longer than their calories. God says, I woo you because everything I do is in love or I'll let them weary you. And because we always spend time trying to figure out if God still loves us, which is the crazy part. Nowhere does he say he doesn't love you. He declares over and over that he is crazy about you. He's enraptured with you. You are the first thought on his mind. I can't say in the morning because he don't have no mornings or nights. You do. He don't. So you are constantly before him. Long before your mother met your father, he dreamed about your future, thought about your destiny, told angels their assignments around your life. 10,000 years before you were born, angelic hosts knew you were coming and were waiting for you to say yes to God. God has spoken to nations to receive you, told cities not to fight you, told territories to yield to you, commanded resources to rise up to your feet and serve your purpose. He's already told strongholds, when they worship me, you better bow before them. He's already commanded the heavens to yield rain on your field, told gold to find your children, told blessings to wait for your grandchildren. He told death it could could not take you. But because we keep surrounding ourselves with people who are not lost in intimacy with him, we start to believe what they say about him. And we forgot what we felt in the first embrace. And now we're walking around going, I just don't know if the Lord's going to bless me like that again. Where did he say that? I don't know if the Lord will forgive me for that. I just have to keep proving to people that I've changed. Who are you proving it to? If his blood has washed you and heaven says free. So the Lord says, well, they used to come at the smell of bread. And since all the bread I keep serving on the table doesn't draw them, I'll just wait in the house. You know where this story really connects to, the prodigal son. Ah, So I'll just wait in the house until the world wearies them. I'll let them chase their dreams, their ministries, their gifts, their talents. I'll let them make every theological advance they can where they explain how great they are and how I'm just here to make them great. And I'll wait till they weary themselves. I'll let them build everything they want to build, and then when they can't pay for it, I'll wait. I'll let them run from one nation to another, and when they're not happier in any other nation than they are in their own backyard, I'll wait. I'll wait here without judgment and without a finger pointed and without anger in my voice. I'll wait because the only thing I wanted was children. I didn't ask them to 
change the world. I just ask them to make disciples. Make somebody like you. Give them what you found in me. Help them fall in love with me like you're in love with me. Your only assignment is to replicate the glorious encounter with God you've already had. And yet we've made it become something else. And the Lord said, I can wait while you get weary. And when you get tired enough, I'm here with fresh water. I'm here with bread in the house. This is what the Bible says. Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 10, verse 21. Exodus 10, 21. This is the time of the plagues. And I don't often think about this scripture in preaching it because it was a word God gave me personally to remind me of how much he adores us. And you wouldn't think he's releasing the thought of intimacy in the time of such chaos. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand toward heaven. Verse 21, Exodus 10, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Ah. The first thing I need you to understand is God says you need to know it is never his will, his desire, or his kingdom to let any form of darkness have power in your house. God says, when I brought you into my house, I promise light. Ah, (laughs) God, I feel like I'm overwhelmed by fear. Oh, no, 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 no. There's light in my house. I feel like this marriage ain't going to make it. Yeah, it might be dark out there, but there's still light in my house. God, I don't know what to do next. I'm lost and all my choices aren't working. Don't beat yourself up. Just realize there's still light in my house. When all of Egypt was so dark and the darkness could be felt, when they were swallowed up in a place where they could not make the next step, all of the children of Israel were sitting with light in their house. God says, you need to remember, I promise to keep the lights on. Some of you struggling right now, he promised to keep the lights on. No matter what the enemy is telling you, no matter what fear is coming against you, no matter what your resources look like, God promised to keep the lights on. Some of you need to straighten your back and strengthen your knees and stop running from your adversaries and look the enemy in the face and say, all that you said you can do, you don't have power over my life. God said he's going to keep the lights on. You're not taking me out. You're not taking my children. You're not going to rule or reign over me. God is going to keep the lights on. If Motel 6 can do it. Come stay with us. We keep the light on for you. If they can do it, you don't think God can do it? And he kept the light so. 
Ooh. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Here's where we're going. Only let your flocks and your herds stay. <laughs> let your little ones go with you. And Moses said, thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Pharaoh just said, you can leave. You've been asking to leave bondage. And Pharaoh says, you can leave and take your children. But leave the cattle. Most of us would have run out the door. We've been fighting for freedom. We've been waiting to be delivered. Great. You said I can leave with my kids. Yes. But he said, leave your cattle. That doesn't seem like a big deal. Can't God give us cows somewhere else? But look at Moses' response. You must give us, verse 25, sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Verse 26, our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not a hoof be left behind. For thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not what we must serve the Lord until we come hither. So what is he saying? He's saying the reason we can't leave anything behind is because everything we have, is supposed to worship God. So I can't leave a cow behind. I can't leave a goat. I can't leave a sheep behind because I don't know what kind of worship God is going to ask us for when we get out of Egypt. And I don't want to owe God a sheep. I don't want to be one cow less than I need. Why? Because this great God who's bringing us out of 400 years of oppression in Egypt, he deserves whatever he asks for. And I won't let my worship be controlled by you. Ah. So this whole time that I'm talking this morning, and I'm talking about be careful how you let people influence, how you see God, the loss of intimacy, for 400 years, their worship was controlled by Egypt. They were told when they could worship and how they could worship. And when they disobeyed, they were told to work without straw. Their children were being killed by the midwives. Murder was happening all around them. And the one thing Moses understood is, but God has made us for worship. And he's not just delivering me because he wants me. He's not just bringing us out to show Egypt he's greater. He's bringing us out for the purpose. There must be a sound of worship that goes into the earth realm so that all the false gods that have ruled will know their time is over. So I will not let you control my worship because my worship is about to change atmospheres. Ah. 
Some nations are about to break open through my worship. So I can't be one hallelujah short, one glory less. I can't let you steal from me. I can't let this doctor's report rob me of the next praise I'm going to give God. I can't let what's going on in my neighborhood rob me of the next dance I need to loose on the altar. I can't let what's happening on the news steal the next level of glory I've got to go into. So I don't know what God's about to do for me in nations. So I can't let you, my past, my fear, my losses, my tragedies, my trauma, I cannot let anything steal from me. What I am going to give straight to God, because once I loose it to him, if he's getting me out of Egypt, what will he do when I worship? Oh, he brought me out of Egypt for free. What's he going to do when I worship him? Hey, he delivered me by his own blood. What's he going to do when I start praising him? He got me out by his own power. What's he going to do when I start? So I'm not going to let you steal. Oh. So somewhere. Oh, I feel him. I feel him. I feel him. Hey. Somewhere. Woo! <laughs> oh, listen, if I can tell you what's happening, I, my foot, oh, Jesus. Hey, he's helping me. He's helping me. You don't even know what's been going on, but I feel his glory. He's blessed. Hey, thank you, Jesus. I bless your name. Hey. Hey, I'm not leaving anything. Hey, he's worthy. He's doing it right now. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. Woo, glory. Yes, he is. Hey, God. Hey, whoo. I'm not leaving anything. Woo! Ah. Hey! 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 Something is breaking even right now. Something is breaking. Shorebakaye! Hey! Hey! I'm going to tell you this right now. If you've got problems in your bones, in your feet, in your ankles, in your posture, we're not laying hands. You just need to start walking around. You start moving. God's healing. Hey, he's healing right now. Ah, there's a wind in this place. There's a wind. There's a wind. He's straightening spines. He's healing. Oh, yes. I feel him. Hey. Hey. 
There's a bone spur leaving right now. There's a bone spur leaving. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Between the third and the fourth vertebrae, there's a woman getting touched right now. Shurabat koto. Oh, masi. Oh, shoriaba. My God, my God, my God. Listen, while y'all are moving, who can tell a difference in their body? Who? Who is the Lord touching? Oh, back there. Over here. Amen. Woo! God is moving. Listen. <laughs> I keep trying to figure out what to do, and he says, just stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Listen. There is another measure of his glory. That God looses when we step beyond. Shh, woo, this sister right here, you're standing. Father, in the name of Jesus, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, loose right now. Right now. Right now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Woo. Shh, woo. Now, whatever you couldn't do as you're doing it, begin to do it. Begin. My sister here in the blue and the white, what's been wrong? Your knees? Just walk over here. Just walk toward us. Just walk toward us. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh. Woo. That's right here. Shoo. Completely, completely, completely from the spine and the knees. And all trauma go, all trauma, all trauma, all trauma from the past, all trauma breaks now. My sister back there, you got the black and the white, the black and the white, black and white. Come here real quick, real quick, real quick. We're just going to hover for a minute. I'm going to give the mic past David. Just, just come. Would you just lift your hands up? A fresh impartation. A fresh impartation. Grace. For the grace of God to break the spirit of oppression. You shall carry to the weary and to the broken. To those that could not survive. And suicide will be broken wherever you begin to speak. Now healing, now. Now. All the way through your body, right now. Oh. He says these words. He says, I must not leave. I must not leave one hoof behind. Not one hoof. Not one hoof. Not one. Oh, come on, sister. Oh. Now, Papa. Now, Papa. Now. All the way through your body. 
make whole again. Make whole again. <clears throat> All fear go. All fear go. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. The presence is just here. Amen. You know what? It was cured. It didn't even hurt. Well, amen. Amen. Well, we thank the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we thank the Lord. Let me have your hands, sis. Thank you, Jesus. Father, just bless her right now. Bless her right now. Bless her right now. All of it. All of it. We thank you, Lord, for love that transforms. And we give you glory. We give you glory. Yes, ma'am. Oh, bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. From the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Make whole. Make whole. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. My, 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 my. Mm. He's just here. He's just here. He's just here. Fear be broken now. All fear, oppression and fear, nightmares, what stress has done. We declare in the name of Jesus. When I walked in during the worship, I said, Lord, could you heal my scoliosis? And I thought, oh, it doesn't cause me that much trouble. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's been straightened out. Glory to God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Father, we thank you now. Father, even by her own confession, that an impartation of your glory. This woman carries healing even in her hands. So as she lays hands upon many others, as she will share the story of God's work in her, I see many being healed. I see you laying hands on kids with cancer and God healing them. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, bless her, Papa. In Jesus' name. Okay. You are well. Hold on, sisters. Sisters, She wants healing for scoliosis too. Yes. Would you pray for her? Thank you. Yes, I don't.
Over this spine, yes. spine be made holy. Body be straight. pray this and then pastor out because if I don't stop we're going to keep flowing <laughs> sis yeah yeah come here come here come here oh more father more 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 father more father right now in the name of Jesus, right now. Thank you. Now, all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way. All of it break, all of it break. The fear and the trauma goes now out of your body. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Right now. And digestion be restored even. Body be made whole. All that was out of order back into order. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory. Fully restore a brand new body, a brand new body. In Jesus' name, make hope and restore. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. Yes. We thank you. Yes, Lord. 
Yes, sir. I want you to do something real simple. Just lift your hands up to the Lord. This is such an old song, and I, and I, I know y'all are going to lead us. There is none like you. No one else, no one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. One more time, every voice lifted up. There is none. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. We adore you, Papa. We adore you, Papa. You are beautiful. Your words are true. Your power is real. You have never rejected us or thrown us away. We repent for all the times when we let something separate us from you. But we bring our whole hearts back. We are yours and you are ours. We will serve you all the days of our lives. Help us love you with full abandon. Help us serve you with full commitment. And help us live completely yielded in the wonderful way you called us to be. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. <laughs> you know, that song you just sung, the composer of that song, heard that being sung to him from, the, from God. God was saying to him, there's no one like you. I could search the world over and not find anyone like you. He's so good, isn't he? Wow. I like standing right here. There's some stuff going on here. <laughs> uh, what a privilege to have the gift brought to us this morning. We often talk out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where Paul writes that God gives seed to the sower. And bread to eat. So in other words, he gives us the seed that we can sow into other things, into ministries, into people's lives, into neighborhoods, into cities. But he also provides the food for us to consume with our own family and provision that we need in our own homes. And then he says, and he multiplies the seed that is sown. Multiplication begins when we begin to sow seed. And we get the privilege now of sowing seed into the man 
the ministry, and the message. All three of those, we get to plant in that seed right now. And uh, there's another passage, I think it's in John chapter 12. It says, unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, that means simply it has to go out of your control. It needs to draw and die. It remains alone. In other words, it does not multiply. And it also tells me that God has put seed in us to plant. So the only question really this morning is the seed that you have. Just ask the Lord if it's to be planted now in this soil of this ministry that was brought to us. It's, it's really simple. I hate manipulation, don't you? Hate it. But I love the tug of the Holy Spirit when he says, here's where the seed goes. Here's where the seed goes. If we hold on to that seed, when he's saying give it, it remains alone. It doesn't multiply, but as Paul said, he gives seed to the sower and he multiplies the seed that we sow. So we get to do that right now. You you, you ready to do that? Are you with me? We've been handed an amazing gift this morning. So let's stand up. Let's all stand. And we're not going to sing some quiet little song while we do this. We're going to celebrate what we just heard about. Coming out of Egypt. Coming out of Egypt. As we give, there are giving stations there. Uh, There's different ways you can give online, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, The war chest is available down front here. This is a great, good way to just deposit your offerings in here. Make your checks out if you're making checks, which I guess some people do that still. (laughs) Make it out to the mission. (laughs) What a privilege we get to give generously, to plant seed generously. Because it goes on to say that it multiplies not only in the place where it's given, but it multiplies in in the life of the giver. And that's just how God works. It's just how he works. So let's be ready to do that. So, Father, we, uh, we just simply ask, God, what seed do you want us to plant in this soil today? We'll be obedient to you. And to the tug of you on our heart. And out of the generosity of our own heart, we want to give into your kingdom in this way. In your name, amen. All right, you can begin to come and we're going to get out of Egypt. Is he ready? I Go. Don't forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance, the exodus of my heart. You found me, you found me, you freed me, held back the waters of my release.
continue to celebrate that song and celebrate the message of that song. I want to remind you tonight, tonight at 5 o'clock, and we'll have plenty of time for, for Michael to minister as he's done here this morning. So please come, invite, get on the phone and call somebody and invite him to be here tonight. You're going to see amazing, amazing things in the hands of God operating in the house tonight. All right, now let's sing this song together. We got the words up there, right? We got the words up there. Let's get the word. Let's get the words up there. Come on. You found me. You found me. You freed me. Held back the waters of my Listen, listen. There's so many times when Jesus ministered, especially in the area of healing, he had them move, right? He had them move out, take up your bed and walk. Go and wash wash the mud out of your eyes. You know, he had them move because there's something about taking our physical position and moving it to a new position that allows God it, it frees us to receive from God. So here's what we're going to do. If you really need to be brought out of Egypt in some area of your life, you just need a fresh liberty. You need a fresh freedom to come into some area of your life. I'm just encouraged. Come stand down here and let's sing this song with just some enthusiasm. Would you do that? Come on. If you just need that kind of liberty. Doesn't matter what part of your life it's in. Might be relationships, might be finances, where you need financial freedom, financial liberty. It may be relational issues, those kinds of things. Just come on, there's plenty of time this morning. Plenty of time.
to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So Jesus, you have turned your face towards us today. 
God that delivered us has turned his face towards you today and every day. He has chose you today. So Lord, we turn our face towards you. your peace this morning. We receive your peace this morning. Just drink in his peace right now. Because his face has shined upon you. And he's given you peace. place with full of peace because the one that created peace will give it to you he will overflow it in you face shine on you and be gracious to you. The the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. I would stay until you're full of peace and running over. We'll see you at five. Just stay in his presence here as long as you like, but we're going to be back at five and get started again. So bless you. Peace, peace. 
Peace. 